Well, friends, I am really excited for this day. Confirmation Sunday. We have been preparing uh, for this day for over two years. Uh, it's a two-year journey. Uh, for our confirmands, it started off at a retreat at the Frost Lake House in August 2018, way back then. And uh, we, we prepared for a journey of deep study. And to the confirmands, uh, I, rem I gave you a few keys to a good confirmation journey that day. I encourage you to do this journey alongside your parents, to include them in the highs and the lows, and the questions and the doubts that you have. I also encourage you to journey apart from them, to ask questions, to journey with your mentors and with your pastor, and to develop a faith of your own. I encourage you to learn from the wise teaching that the covenant has prepared in our curriculum and from the wise people God has placed in your life. I encourage you to ask lots of questions, to try out your answers, and to develop your own personal relationship with Jesus. I also encourage you to develop bonds with each other, to be a support system through these teenage years of junior high and high school together. And so now here we are, after many games of underground church, trying to find the Bible hidden somewhere, after many lessons in our youth room, many sermon notes written, and many journal entries completed, here we are today. It's an exciting day. Congratulations. But why exactly are we here? Why are we doing this today? And I, I think the people in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, they were asking maybe a similar question when they gathered to hear the reading of God's word. And I think by the providence of God, these two passages, or this passage with Confirmation Sunday has lined up uh, really well. And I think you'll see why. Uh, because it has much to teach us about confirming our own covenant relationship with God. And remember last week, we talked about by the power of God, the people overcame the obstacle after obstacle that they faced, and they finally completed rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. And so now, after they've built the wall, they now ask Ezra to come and to bring out the law. And essentially, they have a Bible conference. They have a Bible study together with everybody. And it says in verse 2, The first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest, he brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women, and all who were able to understand. So the people were gathered so that all who were able would understand the word of God. And that's my first point I want to communicate to you from this passage. Number one, we are here because we want young people to know and understand the word of God. We want young people to know and understand the word of God. You know, I, I vividly remember my own confirmation at First Covenant Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was a time in my life when I was kind of making my faith my own. Uh, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so I was familiar with God. I was familiar with uh, things in the Bible, but I wouldn't say that my faith was really my own. It was just kind of part of the things my family did. It's just what we did. We went to church. Uh, but finally, when I went to uh, Portage Lake Covenant Bible Camp, uh, when around 13 years old, I finally heard the gospel in a way that I understood it for the first time. Something just clicked in my brain that I realized that God had sent his son Jesus to die upon the cross, to rise again, that he might have a personal, life-giving relationship with me. That my creator, my maker, 
wanted to have a relationship with me. It was unbelievable. You know, there is something, there is something about finally being able to understand, right? There's something about finally getting it, something clicking. You know, our ancestors in the faith, the Hebrews, they trained their children at a very young age. In Deuteronomy 6, when the, in the giving of the law, Moses says, These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And for about a thousand years, the Jews have called the culmination of this training and education, they call it a mitzvah, mitzvah service, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. And it would take place around age 13. Now, some of you confirmands, you're a little bit older than that now, but that's, that's okay. But around this time of life, uh, they would confirm that they are becoming members of the community of faith, that they own it for themselves. And so we want, in the same way, we want our young people to learn of who this great God is, what his word says, what he commands, and the lifestyle that he wants from his followers. And Ezra and the Levites, they want the people to understand the word of God too. And in verse 8, from chapter 8, it says, They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning, so that the people understood what was being read. Confirmands, there is much more to be learned besides what you've learned already. But your church, some great men and women of God, have labored in Sunday school after Sunday school, week after week, to help you know and understand who God is, what his word says, his immense love for you, his grace towards you, and the relationship he wants with you. And in our confirmation journey itself, we spent one year looking at the Old Testament, we spent the whole second year learning about the New Testament, about theology and church history. We've covered a lot of ground. And we know that understanding the Bible and the story of God is so essential for our walk in life with Jesus. And so I hope you take that with you, not just for the confirmation journey itself, but beyond this day. So knowing the Bible, reading it and understanding it, it helps you know the author. It helps you know your creator, your maker, that you have a purpose that you were put here on this earth for a reason, that you have a calling, that you have a Father in heaven who loves you and adores you. So take what you have learned so far and keep building your life on the rock-solid foundation of Christ and his word. So we want young people to know and understand the word of God. Number two, we are here today because God's grace calls us to a public faith. God's grace calls us all to a public faith. The people in our story, they read the word of God, they listen to it, they understand it. And then when you get to Nehemiah chapter 9, there is a very long prayer. And it, what it does, what, what, in, in the prayer, Nehemiah is recounting God's grace towards the people. He recounts the facts that God created everything. And then he chose Abraham, and he kept his promise to Abraham and his descendants by giving them the promised land that God delivered them out of slavery in Egypt, that God guided the people with a pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, that God provided bread and water for the journey. And then God graciously revealed his law to them at Mount Sinai, and then the people disobey. But then Nehemiah remembers in, in chapter 9, verses 17 through 19, Nehemiah says, but you are a forgiving God 
gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. Even when they cast themselves an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt, or when they committed awful blasphemies, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. And we see this over and over again. God is merciful to his people. God is gracious again and again. He is faithful again and again. He provides again and again. And he keeps loving and forgiving again and again and again. And friends, it's this kind of grace. It's this kind of radical love that beckons us to love God and to commit ourselves to him in return. His grace is always prior to our commitment. In verse 38, at the end of this prayer, Nehemiah says, In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders and our Levites and our priests are affixing their seals upon it. In other words, in view of all that God has done, in view of this immense grace and love, this mighty God, this amazing God, we will publicly make a covenant with him. We will be resolved as a community to obey his commands and follow in his ways. That's what God's grace does. His grace calls us into a public covenant, a covenant relationship with this God. A covenant, it's like a marriage. It's, it's a promise. It's a commitment between two parties, a public declaration of love and commitment. And just as my lovely wife's beauty, her character, and her love for me beckoned me to commit myself to her in the same way God's love, God's beauty, God's goodness beckons us to offer our love to him. And so we make this covenant with God knowing who he is, that he is gracious, abounding in love, slow to be angry, and compassionate in all he has made. You know, confirmands, after my confirmation, I made a lot of mistakes made a lot of mistakes, not just mistakes. I sinned greatly. And there were some things, there were some things in my life that I wish that I could take back. Some things that I've done that I, that I was ashamed of. But every time I found a God who was ready to welcome me back with open arms, just like the father and the prodigal son, that even in the midst of my sin and my mistakes, I could run back to this God again and again. And it's very likely, in fact, I know it, you will make mistakes after you are confirmed today. You will sin after you are confirmed today. But know that you have a gracious and loving God who will never, ever give up on you. And that's the God that you are entering into a covenant relationship with. It's that kind of God. And finally, number three, we are here because we affirm our young people are part of our covenant community. We affirm that our young people are part of our covenant community together. Finally, get to chapter 10, verse 28 through 29. It says, the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the musicians, the temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who are able to understand. All these now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, and bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands and regulations and decrees of the Lord our God. 
So all the people, including the sons and daughters who can understand, they join together to make this commitment. And that's what we're doing today in confirmation. We are now saying as a church that you confirmands, you are old enough to understand. You have been taught. You have been taught over the years. You have learned the word of God from this wonderful church community. And now we are affirming you that you are old enough to understand and you are part of this community. And so we are now asking you to join us in following Jesus and being a part of the family of God in Christ. And this is something that not you're doing individually, but it's something that all of us do as the body of Christ. I love how in the story, the people get very specific with their commitments. They say they're going to obey the Sabbath. They're going to tithe. They're going to support the work of the temple. They're going to do all the things that God requires of the people. And it finally ends with this. It says, we will not neglect the house of our God. We will not neglect the house of God. You see, our commitment to God is always a commitment to the people of God and with the people of God. It's not something you're doing today as an individual. It's something you're doing today as a part of the covenant community. And so the whole time as your pastor confirmands, I have endeavored to teach you that you are part of the body of Christ, that you have gifts, that you bring value. And many of you are serving in many ways already, and that's wonderful. Let's keep that going. So you are not a solitary individual who happens to be a part of a church. No, you are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of Faith Covenant Church. And you also follow Jesus personally. So we hope that you won't just be part of our youth group, but you'll be part of a community of brothers and sisters, of aunts and uncles, of grandmas and grandpas in the Lord, because that is what we are. And we're doing this already. And we adults, we need to do our best to treat our young people like they're part of us. Not that they're just off in the youth group or Sunday school, but that we know their names, that we engage them, that we get to know them, that they're part of this family of God with us. And that's what Ethan did in our call to worship today. He said, will you seek to relate to us, not simply as children in the faith, but as persons on the way? And we say, with God's help, we will. We will. We will include them. We will engage them. We will love them. They will be part of this community. So why are we here today? Because we want young people to know and to understand the word of God. And we affirm that you are of the age to understand. We are here today because God's grace has been revealed to you. He created you. He died on the cross and rose again for you. So that you could be in personal relationship with him. And we are here because we want you to know that you are part of this family. You are part of this family of God and you are included and we're with you along your journey. 